The following audio is from Life Baptist Church in Las Vegas, Nevada. For more information about our church, please visit lifebaptistchurch.com. Welcome to Life on Christmas Eve. I am excited that each of you are with us tonight. This evening, we have two incredibly powerful themes that are converging together in one service. King overall, enjoy. In the next 15 minutes, I'm going to show how both of those themes merge together into one. So today, if it's your first time that you've ever been at life, or maybe you've not been at life in a little while, I want to invite you into a conversation that we've been having as a church over this last month. Since the very beginning of December, we have been talking about joy and more specifically about pursuing joy. And at a time of the year in which it seems like joy is found everywhere, I've wanted us to capitalize on that. I've wanted it to be that every time you opened up a Christmas card and the word joy was in it, or every time you walked into a department store and joy was somewhere in the marketing, or every time we sang a song about joy, or maybe you experienced joy in one of your holiday traditions, I wanted it to be a reminder of this big series truth, and that is joy is always available to those who are willing to pursue it. It's not just seasonally available at this time of year in the holidays. It's not just circumstantially available when everything is going well, but rather joy is always available to those who are willing to pursue it. So over the past three weeks, I have encouraged people to pursue joy in God's presence and pursue joy in God's word and pursue joy in God's strength. And today, on Christmas Eve, I want to encourage people to pursue joy in God's Son. So here's the backstory of how all of this fits together. After Jesus was born, the Magi, the wise men, came from the east into Jerusalem, and they were searching for Jesus. They asked this question in Matthew chapter 2, verse 2. Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east, and we've come to worship him. A little bit further down in verse number 10, it says, When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Now, get this thought in your mind. The arrival of the king brought great joy. Now, it says he goes into the house, or the wise men go into the house where Jesus is at. They present some gifts. They worshiped him. But here's the thought I want you to walk away with. The arrival of the king brought great joy. Well, over in Luke chapter 2, it describes an angel appearing before shepherds in a field at night. And this is what it says in verses 10 and 11. The angel said to them, do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now, in that passage, the arrival of a Savior who is Christ the Lord was good news of great joy. In each case, great joy was associated with the birth of Jesus, with the birth of the Son of God. So today, Christmas Eve, I want to try to bring these ideas together and show how God's Son is connected to your joy. And I'm going to do that with one key truth. Here it is, very simple. God's Son brings great joy to those who know him as king, as savior, as Christ, as Lord. Let me go back and say that one again. God's son brings great joy to those who know him as king, as savior, 
as Christ, as Lord. Whenever the wise men and the angels mentioned Jesus' birth with great joy, it was in connection with four titles associated with his identity. He's described in those two verses as king, as savior, as Christ, as Lord. And each of those different titles portrays a different part of his mission and a different part of his life. So I want to walk through those in about the next 10 minutes. That is, first, Jesus is king. We have sung tonight that he is king over all. Did you all know we didn't just make that up? Tonight's not the first time people realize that Jesus is king over all. In fact, the Magi spoke of Jesus as being king of the Jews. Further in Scripture, Mark called him the king of Israel. The Apostle Paul refers to Jesus as the king of ages and the king of kings. And then John called him the king of the nations. He is king over all. Now, every king has a kingdom, and Jesus is no different in this. Jesus' kingdom is referred to as the kingdom of God. And through Scripture, we find that the kingdom of God is one that is marked by righteousness and justice, by redemption and grace, as well as by love, by sacrifice, by peace, and by joy. The kingdom of God is associated with joy. So here's the next part. Here's the next title. Jesus' Savior. The angel said, for today in the city of David, there was, was born for you a Savior. Now, he actually said, he has been born for you. Now, our first question on that would have to be, why was he born for us? What's the connection there? Well, Matthew chapter 1, verse 21 tells us, he will save his people from their sins. Everyone has sinned. Everyone has fallen short of God's standard of perfection. And the issue is, even if we're sorry for what we've done, and even if we promise ourselves in God we will never do it again in the future, we still do not have the ability to erase the sin that has happened. Our good works are not enough to undo our sin. Our religion is not enough to pay our sin debt. Our morality is not enough to keep us from sinning again in the future. So the good news for all of us, is that God did something for us that we could never do for ourselves. He sent his son to live a sinless life, to die on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins. The word Savior, it speaks of Jesus as deliverer, as preserver, as one who makes alive, and then listen to this, as one who frees others from evil and sin. We all need a Savior. There's nobody who is so bad that they cannot be saved. And there's nobody who is so good that they do not need to be saved. We all need a Savior. The third description is Jesus is Christ. The Greek word for Christ is the anointed one. It is the equivalent of the Hebrew word for Messiah. In ancient times, there were three types of people who would be anointed. That is prophets, priests, and kings. And certain people were anointed in one of those offices. Jesus is anointed in all three of those as the perfect prophet, the perfect priest, and the perfect king. That is, Jesus is that ultimate prophet speaking God's word. He is the ultimate priest standing in the gap for sinners. And he is also the ultimate king who is sovereignly reigning over all. That brings us to our last description. Jesus is Lord. The word Lord, it corresponds with the Hebrew word for Yahweh. It was a name for God himself. It described the eternal, supreme, self-existent being, the ruler of heavens and earth. 
It's also translated as I am. Now put those pieces together. The angel tells the shepherds, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a savior. That is one who delivers, who makes alive, who frees people from sin, who is Christ. He is God's anointed prophet, priest, and king. The Lord, he's the supreme eternal being, the ruler of heavens and earth. He is the one alone who can have the title, I am. In other words, the angel is saying, you all listen up. I've got some amazing news. You need to listen to this news. Here's the news. God is here. That's the news that's now announced. And that is exactly what Isaiah prophesied 700 years before Jesus' birth. It's exactly what was brought up again in Matthew chapter 1 when Joseph had a dream. Here's what it said. The virgin shall be with child and she will bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. You see, the declaration of the Magi over in Matthew chapter 2 also reminds us of a statement that was made by King David back in Psalm 24. He said, lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors that the king of glory may come in. And then he asked this incredibly important question. He says, who is the king of glory? It's not until hundreds of years later with the birth of Christ that that is now answered. The king of glory is Jesus himself. That infant that we look at in the manger and it's on the front of all of these Christmas cards, that infant in the manger is not some helpless little infant. That is literally the king of glory. He is the anointed one of God. He's the savior of the world. He is the Lord himself. You see, the story of Christmas is so much bigger than a baby in a manger and shepherds in a field. It's so much bigger than stars in the sky and gifts being given. It's the story of God coming for us. Said differently, the king is here. Now, this king is not like any other king. He's not some king of an obscure country or obscure kingdom. Instead, based on what we find in scripture, he is the king of the nations. He is king of the ages and he is king of kings said a little bit differently, Jesus is king of every nation. He's king of every generation. He is king over every other king. That's why he is king over all. The announcements that are found in Matthew chapter 2 and Luke 2 are announcements like no other announcements because Jesus is a king like no other king. His arrival is not just decent news that is marginally exciting. His arrival is good news of great joy, not just for a few, but for all people. The good news is God came for you. He came for me. The good news is even when we sinned and rebelled against God, he loved us enough to come. See, the story of the Bible in a nutshell is simply this. Humanity is created for a relationship with God. Our sins separated us from that relationship. And Jesus did what was necessary that we might experience a reconciled relationship with our creator. So here's my question for you. Do you know the king? Do you know him as savior? Do you know him as Lord? 
You see, our our key truth for this afternoon is God's Son brings great joy to those who know Him as King, as Savior, as Christ, and as Lord. The question is not, do you know about Him? The question is not, do you go to church? The question is not, are you a moral person? The question is not, have you ever read anything out of the Bible? The question is, do you personally know that man, Jesus, as King, as Savior, as Christ, as Lord? Do you know Him? Because what we're finding is there is great joy that comes to those who know Him in that way. So my question at this point is simply, if you do know Him that way, are you rejoicing in His birth at this time of the year? If you don't know him in that way, what's holding you back? This evening or this afternoon, we've already sung about him as king overall. And some of the songs were familiar. Some of them were maybe some new songs that you might not have heard before. But all of them were leading in the same direction. It's pointing to Jesus. It's all pointing to Jesus. It's all pointing to Jesus. So as I finish out my part of the service... I want to give people an opportunity that they can respond. And that is, if you don't know Jesus as King, as Savior, as Christ, as Lord, but you want to, I'm going to show you how. If you would, just bow your heads with me for just a moment. Heads bowed, eyes are closed, just a moment. You've already heard the story of the gospel. You've heard the story of who Jesus is. But let me go back and recap it so quick. Here it is. This is the good news that Jesus came to bring. Humanity was created for relationship with God. Our sins separated us from that relationship. There was nothing that we could do to make things right ourselves. But Jesus did for us what we could never do. He lived a sinless life. He died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sin. And he rose from the dead that we might experience eternal life. And now listen to this. He's offering eternal life, the opportunity to be reconciled to your creator, to those who are willing to say, God, you were right and I was wrong. I turned from my sin. I place faith in what Jesus has done for me. That's the gospel. And today it is something that for a person who has a desire to know Christ in that way, And they understand what I just shared. It's something that is so simple, they can step into it in a moment. I'm going to lead in a very simple prayer. And if that is the desire of your heart, to know Jesus in that way, as we've described this afternoon, I want to encourage you, pray this in your heart to God. It's simply this. God, I know that I've sinned, and I know that my sin has separated me from you. I believe that Jesus died on the cross, that he rose again on the third day. And as best I know how, I ask you to give me eternal life and to forgive me of my sin. 